0: Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, May 15th, 2023. It's about 3.30 in the afternoon here in the East Coast of the United States. Here are your hot topics for today. I'm smiling because some of these are, are truly off the wall. Uh, but here we go. We'll start with the latest revelations, supposedly, uh, from uh, the the... Um, national Guardsmen in Massachusetts uh, who, who released national security documents about a month ago. I mean, the history of this case is just so fantastic, it's it's no surprise as to why Larry Johnson, one of our go-to uh, former members of the intelligence community, says this is a controlled leak. It's still being controlled and it's still being uh, leaked. One, one would think that like when Edward Snowden leaked his documents and when Uh, Bradley slash Chelsea Manning uh, leaked those documents to um, um, Julian Assange, Uh, there was a finite amount of documents leaked, and we knew what they were. But this stuff just keeps coming. So one of the newest documents, one leaked over the weekend, and it's reported by the uh, Washington Post. And again, I don't know if the Washington Post is actually – Is actually getting this stuff um, from Tashera's website or getting it from the CIA, but the Washington Post is claiming that Yevgeny Prigozhin, you remember he, we've run the clips of him many times. He's the Russian oligarch. He's a self-made billionaire who runs something called the Wagner Group. The Wagner Group was originally established by uh, the old GRU. GRU is the initials for what used to be called Russian military intelligence. They have different initials and different names now, but basically the same people. So uh, Prigozhin put some of his money in, and the GRU put some of their money in, uh, and they got these special forces types, uh, and then they got prisoner types, and then they got killer types, and then they got veterans Uh, And they put together this uh, group of soldiers of fortune, uh, and they fight where the Russian president wants them. And they've been pretty uh, effective and even ruthless fighters in Ukraine. Okay, Um, Progozhin himself, uh, in a famous um, uh, selfie that he made, which we've run for you many times, ranted and raved and attacked by name. Uh, The Russian defense minister and the Russian uh, chief of general staff, the four star uh, general, and basically said, What the blank is wrong with you guys? And then he pointed over his shoulder, where had the people who supplied us with this selfie not uh, blurred it, you would see dead bodies, which uh, Mr. Prigozhin claimed were members of his Wagner group. And his argument was these people would be alive and would be replaced by. Ukrainian dead bodies, if you had given us the blankety-blank ammunition that we blankety-blank need, you can fill in these blankety-blanks. You know what he said. I'm not going to repeat the word or the words here. It was a cry from the heart, but it was loud, it was forceful, it was personal, it was foul, demanding more ammunition. Supposedly, within the next two or three days, he got the ammunition uh, that he needed. Now comes this report in the Washington Post over the weekend that among the documents that the government says uh, Jack DeShera released. I have to keep saying the government says because there's so many documents here and they just keep coming and coming and coming. He's in jail. He's not releasing anything Uh, that the argument uh, of Larry Johnson and uh, Ray McGovern and Phil Giraldi, our former intelligence community experts who are regulars on the show, that this is a controlled leak and that DeShera was a a dupe, a fool, uh, a tool being used by someone way north of him in the government. That argument is more and more uh, credible, and there's more and more evidence for it, as more of this stuff is leaked out while this kid is in jail. He shouldn't be in jail. Another story for another time. What did this document that the... Washington Post reported on over the weekend, say. It claims that Prigozhin offered military plans to the Ukrainians, plans of where the Russian troops were so that the Ukrainians could attack and kill them in, U- in return for the Ukrainians abandoning Bakhmut, the city that they've been fighting over for three months, so that he, Progosian, and his group, the Wagner Group, could take credit for conquering Bakhmut. Bakhmut is nearly, totally destroyed. It is now just a Pyrrhic victory. It will just be a victory for the Russians about which they can boast. We killed a lot of Ukrainians. They really wanted to hold this town. We captured the town. What did they capture? Nothing. They captured rubble, but they succeeded in killing many, many, many Ukrainians. We don't know the number. Uh, They actually created a trap by by purporting to withdraw. So Ukrainian troops would go into Bakhmut, and then the Russians surrounded it, and they killed the Ukrainians. This happened over and over again. Now back to this allegation. If Prigozhin had offered to give Russian military plans the most secret plans there are about where Russian troops are located and from where they plan to attack to Russia's mortal enemy, I would think that he'd be in a gulag in Siberia by now. So either he offered to do this as part of a Russian plot to give false plans, or he never offered to do this. And the CIA has persuaded the Washington Post, which has been a mouthpiece for the CIA for 60 years, six zero years. Tell you about that in a minute. Or the CIA persuaded uh, the Washington Post to go with this story, and the Washington Post did so uh, uncritically. You've heard Ray uh, McGovern tell this story on air. The person who signed the CIA into existence wrote an op-ed saying the CIA has gone too far. It's not what we intended. It's not in the business of uh, of spying on and foreign persons that now spies on Americans and Uh, It even plots to overthrow the governments. It's time for the CIA to be chained down to its original charter. Signed, Harry S. Truman. In those days, the Washington Post had three daily editions. So you'd see this three times. Oh, no, no. The CIA persuaded the Washington Post To take that op-ed written by the then living former president of the United States who signed the National Security Act that created the CIA uh, into law in 1947, they persuaded the Washington Post to take President Truman's uh, article down. That's the relationship, there you go, that the CIA and the Washington Post have had. So I don't know if this is true or not, but I want you to know that it's out there, these allegations that Pregosian made uh, this offer. I believe Larry Johnson will explain this to you uh, in great detail uh, when he's on with us uh, in a few days. This is either entirely made up by the CIA or Pregosian did make this offer, uh, but it was an offer to give them false information and false hope which would result uh, in their destruction. What is interesting though, and I asked uh, Ray McGovern about this this morning, Is it common uh, for adversaries who who are combatants, who are actually fighting each other, to have some communication? And the answer is, yes, it is common, that there probably is some high-level communication, believe it or not, going on between the uh, Russian military intelligence community and the Ukraine military intelligence community, which also tells Larry Johnson and me and you, Prigozhin is not stupid. He wouldn't do something like this unless it was part of a Kremlin-approved or even orchestrated plot, because the Russian intelligence community would know that he had made this offer, and if he really was a traitor, was offering to deliver Russian soldiers into a death trap. Um, the Russian military intelligence would know about it before his phone call was even over. Okay, last week, I don't know where this is going to go. He's still around. He made another tape today, but it was very mild, uh, basically saying, we got to fight harder. Thanks for the ammunition. Uh, We're going to win this, but we got to fight harder. Um, More on this, of course, uh, as we get it. Um, You'll recall a story we brought to you last week where Senator Chuck Grassley Uh, Republican of Idaho, and Congressman Jim Comer, Republican of Kentucky, went on Fox News and elsewhere uh, to say uh, that they had a whistleblower who had an informant. I didn't realize at the time that there was an intermediary between the whistleblower and the FBI. So they have a whistleblower who had an informant, and the informant told the whistleblower that the informant had seen an FBI document showing that then vice president Joseph Biden the same Joe Biden that's now the president of the United States accepted a ton of money for a bribe when he was vice president of the United States senator Grassley whom I know and like congressman Comer whom I don't know and have never met but he's a very powerful guy in the House of Representatives he's chairman of the House Oversight Committee he can investigate anything he wants he can subpoena anybody he wants he can subpoena me if he wants Both went on Fox News uh, and made this uh, allegation. Uh, And, of course, the allegation was covered by the New York Post. I don't know any other newspaper that covered it, but it was scurrilous for a few days and then it died. Over the weekend, Congressman Comer went back on Fox News and told my friend and former colleague, you're going to see this in a minute, uh, Maria Bartiromo, the whistleblower, uh, can't find the informant. What? You just accused the president of the United States of bribery on the basis of what a whistleblower told you, on the basis of what an informant told the whistleblower, on the basis of what the informant says he or she saw in the hands of the FBI. And now the whistleblower can't find the informant. Right. My friend Joe Scarborough of MSNBC had a field day with this. So first, Congressman Comer fessing up. To Maria Bartiromo yesterday, and then Joe Scarborough having a field day with us this morning. Take a listen. Did you just say that the whistleblower or the informant is now missing? Well, we, we're hopeful that we can find the informant. Now, remember, these informants are, are kind of in the, the spy business. So uh, they don't make a habit of uh, being seen a lot or, or being high profile or anything like that. So, comrade, you're you're telling me you lost another submarine. <laughs> Come on, you lost an inform- You lost the informant. The guy that you claimed gave you all this information that you built this entire charade on. Wait, do you in Durham like do you guys have tea parties every weekend? To talk about how you can destroy your reputations and your career. All right. Joe was getting a little carried away, but he he made his point. You're you're going to use the power of of the Congress to subpoena somebody. And then you're going to learn from your investigators that that somebody knows somebody else who saw a document in somebody else's possession. And on the basis of that, somebody, somebody who saw it. You're going to accuse the president of the United States of being bribed while he was vice president. You're going to make that accusation on national television. And now you can't find the informant who supposedly saw the document that is proof of the bribe. I don't blame Joe for getting uh, a little bit humorous in a Scarborough-eaten way uh, as as he just did. Listen, Joe, Joe Scarborough and I have been friends for years going back to the Clinton uh, impeachment Uh, when I was a young whippersnapper at Fox and spent a lot of time interviewing him. He was one of the impeachment prosecutors. He was a congressman uh, from the Pensacola, Florida area after he left Congress and, of course, before uh, he went to MSNBC. I I don't know where this is going to uh, end. If you're worried about Joe Biden getting indicted, even if this stuff happened, the way Congressman Comer's whistleblower's an informant, missing informant document, can't find the document, says it did. It was more than five years ago, which is the statute of limitations on all of this. All right, you've all followed the saga of the uh, homeless uh, immigrants coming into the United States. They are lawfully here. They have no place to live and no place to stay but in this welfare state in which we live, government assumes the obligation of finding them a place to stay. And of course your tax dollars pay for it. That's one of the reasons that we have a problem uh, with migrants because we give money away. We give money away from the haves to the have nots. And the have nots have learned, not the migrants because they can't vote yet, but the have nots have learned that the public treasury has become a public trough. I'm quoting Jefferson and Hamilton now, the only thing they agreed on publicly. They hated each other. Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson. Quote, when the public treasury becomes a a public trough and the people learn this, they will only send to Washington those who promise to bring home the biggest piece of the pie. The part about biggest piece of the pie is a paraphrase, but the public trough is an exact quote from Jefferson and Hamilton. And that's what we have uh, today. And and bringing home the biggest piece of the pie, the treasury becoming a public trough is available for anybody that comes here. Come here uh, as, uh, as an escapee from a repressive environment. Let's say you're a traditional Roman Catholic in Venezuela, where they lock up priests and bishops for saying the Latin mass, and you want to escape to the United States where you can practice Catholicism, you're uh, a legitimate uh, asylum seeker. Uh, let's say you belong to a, a group immutable with a characteristic of birth. You're a woman, you're, you're a person of color, uh, you're LGBTQ+, plus. whatever, uh, and the government of this Latin American country is going to persecute you for those reasons. You can legally uh, come here. The government makes an initial examination of whether or not you are, in fact, an asylum seeker. What what repressive government from what oppressive government you are escaping, and the government brings you and the government lets you in. So far, so good. So far, yes. So far, we are a country that takes in people uh, who who are escaping repression. Now comes the welfare state. We take care of these people. What? Yeah, we give them places to live and, and we feed them. Well, why should we do that? If we're will, they're willing to take the chance here, they should be on their own. Somebody knocks on my front door and wants to mow my lawn, wants to mow your lawn for the minimum wage, you'll pay them. Of course, you'll get in trouble with the feds for hiring uh, a person who doesn't have working papers, but maybe they can get them because they are here legally if they are escaping repression. What burns me up is that your tax dollars and mine are paying for them. Okay, that's the background. That's the backstory here. What happened over the weekend? Governor Abbott of Texas puts these people, not all of them, but hundreds, even thousands of them, 65,000 so far, in buses and sends the buses to New York. Are they kidnapped? They give them $20 gift certificates at McDonald's. The poor people are so hungry, they take the gift certificates. They use some of the uh, food immediately. They eat some on the bus. They use some of the gift certificates when they arrive in New York. They get in New York. New York puts them in hotels. The city pays for it. Now the city of New York is shipping them to the suburbs. They're shipping them to an area called Rockland County and Orange County. If you know the geography, Rockland County and Orange County are immediately north of New Jersey. It's New York state, but it's immediately north of, of New Jersey. And because the city of New York is paying for the migrants to stay in hotels. And because the city of New York is paying the hotels more than the hotels charge the public, the public that has been using the hotels has been booted out. So the Veterans Administration puts homeless veterans in there, but the city of New York pays more than the Veterans Department does. So the veterans are booted out. The city of New York pays more for ballrooms to put bunk beds in and cots for sleeping than do people who pay to rent the ballrooms for weddings. So they're booted out. So last minute, these hotels in Rockland and Orange County, New York, are being emptied by the owners of the hotels, people who've planned their weddings. Imagine your wedding day is being disrupted by this. It's not the fault of the migrants. It's the fault of the government that has become a public trough, kicking these people out of the hotels because the government pays more. You blame the hotels, they want to make more money. They're violating their contract with the Veterans Department, they're violating their contract with these young couples that are about to get married. I hope somebody takes us to court. I have friends who are judges in these counties. I'd be happy to testify as an expert witness, but that's the mess that these counties are in now. As we speak, the buses are traveling from New York City to the suburban counties, the hotels are being emptied, and the money, the cash is being wired from the treasury of the city of New York, much of which comes from the federal government, much of which is borrowed because the feds are bankrupt. That money is being wired into the coffer of the owners of those hotels. All right, um, a couple of weeks ago, we all learned from Michael Morell. Michael Morell was the uh, acting director uh, of the CIA and the latter part of the, Uh, Obama years and the earliest part of the Trump years before um, President Trump appointed his own director. Uh, Michael Morell, I believe now works for either CNN uh, or MSNBC. I found him to be a credible guy. I interviewed him many times um, when when I was at a file. Mike Morell revealed uh, that he put together a letter signed by 51... Uh, former uh, uh, intelligence, either agents or high level management types like Jim Clapper, the director of national intelligence in the Obama years, uh, the one who lied under oath when he denied to Senator Wyden that we are all being spied on by the NSA. uh, And Jack Brennan, who was the head of the CIA uh, in the Obama years, they signed this letter along with others. I have a good friend who was the uh, former director uh, uh, or the former secretary of Homeland Security, who refused to sign the letter. The 51 former people in the Intel community signed this letter. The letter said the Hunter Biden laptop story has all the earmarks of Russian misinformation. Don't believe it. The letter came out two weeks before uh, the election. Did it push the election in Joe Biden's direction? Well, that was its uh, intent. Michael Morrell says now, uh, we all signed this letter using our credibility as professionals in the intelligence community. It was all politics. It was all politics. None of us knew whether or not the Hunter Biden laptop was real. None of us had uh, any intel as to whether uh, it was Russian disinformation We all signed this because we like Joe Biden. We hated Donald Trump. We wanted Joe Biden to win. All right, well, this infuriates Republicans, infuriates you. It infuriates me when people in the government use their government credibility for some political uh, purpose. They should have been more open and above board uh, about it. And the more intellectually honest ones, like my friend, I'm not mentioning his name, um, and not signed it. Jack Brennan gave a four hour deposition in secret uh, to the House Judiciary Committee and James Clapper is scheduled uh, to do the same on Wednesday, dying to hear what they have to say. And finally, as if things weren't bad enough, uh, one of these science magazines just revealed uh, that the government can harvest your DNA from thin air, from thin air. Sneeze, and the person comes by at the right time with the right piece of equipment, and they can harvest your DNA. And that DNA will tell the government everything it needs to know about you. Can it be used in law enforcement? If the government is honest and admits that it captured DS, DNA through some science fiction means and without a search warrant, it cannot use it. If the government is dishonest, and, and lies to the court about how it got uh, the DNA, it'll get away with it. Do you trust the government to tell the truth? More as we get it. Judge Napolitano from ju- uh, for Judging Freedom.